but until the Federal Reserve is ended, until the Act of 1871 is torn into a thousand pieces and thrown into the wind, until the IRS is abolished, and until we move back to the gold standard, we have no chance at experiencing any iota of freedom. This is Neo420 Talks, the podcast speaking truth against the lies. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. My fellow citizens of the world, ask not what America will do for you, but what together we can do for the freedom of man. This is Neo420 Talks, the podcast speaking truth against the lies. I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. For I have complete confidence. And the response and dedication of our citizens, whenever they are fully informed. A constitutional republic, not a democracy. The ideal of a democracy is universal equality. The ideal of a constitutional republic is individual liberty. A democracy always degenerates into dictatorship, which promises government-guaranteed equality and security, but it delivers nothing but poverty and serfdom for the people it robs and rules. America was founded as a constitutional republic to safeguard the liberties of the people against the tyranny of democracy or of one-man dictatorship. In this century, great strides have been made toward the goal of subverting our republic into a democracy. The foremost tactic of the subverters is subversion of language. By calling America a democracy until people thoughtlessly accept and use the term, the totalitarians have obscured the real meaning of our principles of government. The year was 1871, and while the events of this year have been purposely hidden from the masses, 1871 must never be forgotten. Much like Vatican City and the City of London, Washington, D.C. has its own sovereignty. Basically, D.C., City of London, and Vatican City are totally separate territories from the nations in which they reside. Vatican City is technically enclaved within Rome, outfitted with its own special police force and political structure. The same way the City of London is situated within the city called London, and it has its own flag, crest, police force, ceremonial armed forces, and a mayor. And sure, there are states within the United States that have their own constitution and distinctive flags, but I think most people you'd ask would know that Washington, D.C. isn't a state. Most folks would tell you that Washington, D.C. is where our laws are made, where our politicians congregate, and where our White House resides. But on the D.C. flag, which is said to have been reflective of George Washington's coat of arms, there are three stars. And I wonder... Are those stars representative of the three city-states that exist as corporate entities outside of their respective nations? Vatican City, the religious hub, the city of London, the banking central, and Washington, D.C., the military leg of the empire. Being its own city-state, D.C. has its own police force that shares a direct link with Congress, its own mayor, and its own set of laws. But our founding fathers certainly didn't set it up like this, so how did it come to be? The year was 1871. The U.S. was going through a lot of turmoil. 
The nation was bankrupt and vulnerable after the Civil War, and the London bankers, which included the notorious Rothschild family, were ready to make a deal with Congress to remedy that turmoil. Turmoil, I might add, that is suspected that the bankers had a hand in creating in the first place. At any rate, these bankers made a lot of credit available in the aftermath of the Civil War as a means to, one, fight Lincoln's greenback after he was murdered, with some theorizing that part of the motivation for his assassination came from his push to privatize the monetary system. And the second reason that the bankers made so much credit available was to collect on the interest from those who desperately needed the money, which would be the United States government at the time. Now, this was nothing new. This was a practice as old as time. Well, as old as Mystery Babylon. Not much has really changed since the days of Babylon. Not the usury, not the debt slavery, not even the iconography. Passed by Congress, the Act of 1871 provided a government for the 10-mile parcel of land known as the District of Columbia, allowing Washington, D.C. to act as a corporation outside of the original Constitution of the United States. So, okay, why does the Washington, D.C. Constitution have nothing to do with the United States Constitution? Why exactly is Washington, D.C. totally separate from the rest of the United States? Why does it need to be separate from the United States as a separate territory at the epicenter of the Virgin Mary, tucked right between Virginia and Maryland? The Act of 1871 changed our country's founding father's original constitution for the United States for America to the Constitution of the United States of America. If you blink, you might miss it because it's a mixture of impactful wording and some weird capitalization thrown in there that pretty much means nothing to the average person upon initial inspection. But these subtle changes are a huge deal in the realm of legislation. Compounded with these minor changes was clever marketing of the act as a way to unify the territorial government for the entire District of Columbia. The aforementioned are contributing factors as to how such a major act flew under the radar ultimately overturning the United States Constitutional Republic. Since 1871, the federal government has usurped nearly all of the power that was formerly held in the hands of the people. But how on earth was Congress able to pass a separate constitution and incorporate the United States? A bunch of attorneys have contacted me about the subject, explaining it to me. Thank you for everyone who's done that. But let me break it down to you in a way that won't make you just totally fall asleep. A corporation, by definition, is a legal entity separate from its owners. A corporation protects its owners from personal liability for corporate debts and obligations within limits. So was the Act of 1871 as harmless as some claim? Just an act to provide a government for the District of Columbia and nothing more? We can answer that question by simply stepping back and taking a look at the dominoes that fell after this act was passed and asking the question, who benefited from this piece of legislation? Is the Act of 1871 the reason why Congress passed the 16th Amendment, which allowed the federal government to tax individual personal income regardless of state population? Is the Act of 1871 the reason why the Federal Reserve Act of 1913 was passed, handing over America's gold and silver reserves and ultimately the total control of America's economy to the Federal Reserve Bank? Think about it. A private corporation established their private bank. 
acting as the central bank of the United States, but it isn't even a government institution, but a privately owned banking system. It's a coincidence that social security numbers started being assigned in 1935, social security numbers being the nine-digit numbers given to every U.S. citizen, and used for income tracking and taxation purposes. Ultimately, individual income taxes have been the primary source of revenue for the U.S. federal government since the 1950s. These moves make a lot of sense when examined through the lens of the United States as a corporation and its citizens as employees, a corporate government asset before they even go through puberty. But still, throughout all this time, there was a promise that the American dollar was actually worth something. Something tangible, not just the confidence to exchange it for goods and services. A dollar was worth 135th an ounce of gold. But then President Richard Nixon came along and screwed that up for us, severing the final link between the dollar and gold in 1971. In other words, he took the dollar off the gold standard once and for all. Steadily, the purchasing power of the dollar has declined while federal and consumer debt has increased. Currently, we're witnessing the culmination of all of these decisions, and it ain't pretty. We're one bad flu season removed from Weimar Republic wheelbarrow money. So who would you say benefited from the act of 1871? The average U.S. citizen or the bankers who incorporated the United States who have been buying politicians ever since? The same Federal Reserve who serves absolutely no real function except stealing the purchasing power of your 60 plus hour work week and then redistributing those funds to destroy your rights and enslave you on your own soil. Hey, just like they did back in Babylon, it's the same folks using the same debt slavery system time after time. When will we learn that debt with interest is a system of perpetual debt and is continually passed on to the people beneath until, until the debt gap consumes all but those who own the debt? Well, like I said in the beginning of this video, the most pivotal year in United States history was never taught to me in school, public or private, and never taught to me at a college level. But as Americans, it's so important that we not let this information die with our generation. One of the most important lessons you can teach your children is how to obtain their own freedom, how to identify when their freedoms are being taken from them, and how to demand those personal freedoms and liberties back, instead of waiting around for a hero in the form of a politician to represent them to offer solutions. During this time, we've seen people of all ages crying out for change. And instead of focusing on the changes we could make that could fundamentally change the United States for the better, especially on an individual level, politicians are selling socialism and communism, aka more government control, to young people looking for an answer. And they beg for it because the future seems so bleak. Whether you play with paper or with digital money, the future will always be bleak if you're a debt slave. If before your foot even touches this earth, you're scanned into the system as an employee of this corporation who does not care about you one bit. The United States is still a great country, but it has its problems and you know you can riot and loot and protest all you want. But until the Federal Reserve is ended, until the Act of 1871 is torn into a thousand pieces and thrown into the wind, until the IRS is abolished... And until we move back to the gold standard, we have no chance at experiencing any iota of freedom.